Is that okay? Brilliant. Um, and if you are usually here on a Sunday, you will be used to seeing me as part of the worship team. But today I'm going to continue the theme of bridges by looking um, at Jesus, the bridge to our Father. And very often when we think about um, God as Father, we tend to think of him in isolation. But this morning, rather than doing that, I want to think about God as Father as part of the Trinity. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Because Jesus and Holy Spirit have a really important part to play not just in introducing us to the Father, but enabling him to be our Father, and more than that, to be our Dad. So this morning, we're going to look at some of the attributes of God. We're going to notice our thoughts and feelings around some words, such as father, mother, parent, son or daughter, sister or brother. We're going to explore the difference that Jesus made and we're going to think about Holy Spirit and how he can help us with the things that we struggle with. So to start off with, um, we didn't have a Bible reading this morning, but we're going to read some verses from the Bible together that are going to magically appear, thanks to Leo, on the screen. Um, And the first one is um, Genesis 1.27, when we think about God as the creator. So let's read together. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Psalm 103 verse 8 tells us that he's compassionate. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Psalm 91, verses 1 to 2, says that he protects us. Whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, and my God in whom I trust. Isaiah 41, 13, says that he comes alongside us. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And the last one that we will read out together is Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and says that he is involved with us. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, crowns you with glory and passion. Brilliant. So that's Psalm 103 that tells us all of those things. Um, Also, Hebrews 12 says that he lovingly corrects us. Matthew 7, he provides for our needs. And 2 Timothy 3, he gives wisdom. He rescues us. He gives us strength. And he helps us carry our burdens. Jesus tells us in John 10 that when the Jews were asking him to tell them plainly who he was, that he and the Father are one, that no one can snatch us from the Father's hand, and that the Father's work is doing good. 
And when we look at the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, we read that while the son was still a long way off, the father ran to him and embraced him. Now the son had prepared a speech. I don't know if you've ever done that. I have. Sometimes when we have something important to say, or maybe when we're a bit annoyed at somebody, we can often rehearse a speech, can't we? And the son had done that. But he didn't need to give that speech to the father because the father was looking out for him. Now, as far as I know, in biblical times, there was no spec savers. But while he was still a long way off, he was a long way off, but the father recognised him and he ran to him and he embraced him. So this shows warmth, care and love. Yet so many of us find it so difficult to, um, or to experience Father God in this way. And as we come to look at Father, we realise that sometimes our earthly experiences of Father contain the way that we see Father God. Now whether positively or negatively, our parenting affects us, doesn't it? And I don't know if... Any of you saw the Piers Morgan interview with Michael Parkinson. But this strong, tough Yorkshireman, who was shouted at by Muhammad Ali, who has interviewed some of the most difficult, most awkward people, and even attacked by Emu, openly wept on television as he spoke of his father's death. Now, many of us don't have such positive experiences of father. I've had very little contact with my biological father and I'd been a Christian for six years when all of a sudden, in a quiet moment, I felt Father God say to me, you never talk to me, but I just want you to know that I'm here. Now, my image of God wasn't um, horrible, It was just absent. I mean, why would I ask a Father God for anything? I hadn't before. It kind of shocked me, but of course it's totally logical. And many will have had different experiences. Some may have suffered neglect or abuse in some way. Or maybe our Father was there, but we felt invisible to them, like they never really noticed us. And sometimes we have sadnesses about our own parenting. And we often need healing from that. And sometimes that healing can come quickly, but more often it comes over many, many years. And while we are are finding this healing, it can be very difficult to trust God and experience him in the way that he would want us to experience him. Now, although not knowing my biological father gave me some issues around abandonment and self-esteem, I very quickly realised that if I had have known him, there would have been many other issues (laughs) that I would have had to deal with. And two things that have really helped me is, one, people stepping into the breach. And I'm very grateful to have a great stepdad, and I'm very grateful to have had a very wonderful granddad. And I'll talk a little bit about him later. And the other thing that has helped has been to acknowledge his humanness. And to be honest, this is something that has come to me a bit more recently. So Pastor Jean Veig says, the essence of fatherhood is in God, not man. 
When we think about God as father, we can put attributes of earthly fathers on him. But if the essence of a fatherhood is in God, then he is the perfect example. And when we try to emulate him, our earthly style does not measure up because we are human. Human beings get overwhelmed. They become scared. They can be selfish. And I'm not talking about self-care here because we need to care for ourselves. Sometimes our bodies let us down and sometimes we can't do the things that we would wish to do because we are hurt. And maybe we haven't been taught how to love. And no matter how wonderful our earthly parents are, because they are human, they will often at some point or another let us down and that can hurt us. And that can sometimes skew our image of God as we project those earthly experiences onto him. But he longs for an intimate, close relationship with us and he wants us to experience all that he has for us and all that he offers us. So having him as a father makes us children, makes us his children. And this is when we start to look at Jesus. Because Jesus changes everything. So why? Ephesians 1.5 says that he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in according to his pleasure and will. Now in ancient Rome, adoption was a very powerful thing. A biological family could disown a child for various reasons, but not so with an adopted child. An adopted child in ancient Rome was freely chosen and desired by the parents. They were permanently part of the family and could never be disowned. They received a new identity. Any previous debts were wiped out. And they received also new rights and responsibilities. And the concept of inheritance then was something that you lived out and received in life. It wasn't something that you um, got after death, as in our culture. And Alan Maddy writes this, St Paul's theology of the spirit of adoption essentially doubles up the power of God's fatherhood. It is a constant reminder that we are fully desired fully loved, that we have taken on a new identity through Jesus and that we were created for heaven but now are heirs to God, co-heirs with Christ, Romans 8.17. And for this reason we can cry out, Abba Father, from the core of our being. I read that in the Old Testament God is referred to as Father 15 times but that Jesus refers to him as father 150 times and uses the word Abba, that more intimate word. There is a shift that Jesus brings. While on earth, not only does he introduce us to the concept of God as a dad, interested, close, unconditionally loving us, but made it possible by his death and resurrection for him to become our dad, to become the bridge to fill the gap between God and us. Now, adoption is a legal thing. 
But working out living as an adopted child can take a while. If we go back to our earthly fathers and how that contains our image of Father God, also what it means to be a son or daughter contains our image as well of what it means to be a son or daughter of God. Because earthly parents have different expectations that can lead us to certain beliefs about ourselves. For example, if we grew up in a household where everybody was very capable, then we may feel silly, maybe not quite good enough, maybe never quite measuring up. Maybe we weren't loved as we should have been and secretly we fear that we're unlovable. Maybe our families put us down all the time and so we feel worthless or useless. Or maybe we have guilt about what we did or didn't do as a son or a daughter. And that can um, taint our identity now. I have a saying um, on my fridge at home. And it's your value does not decrease based on someone else's ability to see your worth. Your value to God is immense. Jeremiah 31, 3 says that he loves you with an everlasting love and draws you to unfailing kindness. Psalm 139 tells us that he formed us in our mother's womb and reminds us that he is with us wherever we go. Romans 5, verse 8 talks of God demonstrating his love for us by dying on the cross. Zephaniah 3.17 says that he rejoices over us with singing. Isaiah 43.4 says that we are precious in his eyes and he loves us. And Matthew 18 talks of the lost sheep, that he comes to find us, to rescue us and carry us home on his shoulders. But sometimes we feel that even though We know these things. We can lose God's love in some way if we don't quite measure up. Now, if you have children or a beloved pet, you may sometimes get frustrated with them. You may get annoyed. But usually we don't reject them. I understand that there are some exceptions to that because some people are broken and need help and are unable to keep what is precious to them but usually even as human beings we still love and protect those we love now between us Paul and I have four sons and um, I've brought up three of them Um, and I value my relationship with them so I will not talk about them now (laughs) but what I do want to talk to um, you about is um, my granddad's guide dog, because he was um, blind from when he was about 14, called Maggie. Now, in a, if we just go back one photo, Leo, there's a photo of me when I was little. Okay, so this is me. I don't know how old I was. I think I'm probably about two or something. Now, from the time I was zero to the time I was five, I had a best friend. And then, if you go on to the next one. And my best friend was this dog, Maggie. And... Um, so she was my granddad's guide dog, as I said, and um, I think she was probably quite close to being a reject, but I think the thing that kind of saved her was that in harness, she was very good, so she was a good working dog. 
Um, and in fact, she saved my granddad a couple of times. One, when there was a branch that had fallen across a path and she stopped and refused to walk. And when he fell, felt down, you know, if he'd carried on walking, he would have gone over. And another time, probably more importantly, was when um, he was at a crossing and it should have been safe for him to cross, but she refused to go. And there was a car that sped along and didn't stop at the crossing. And we think then maybe she even saved his life. But when she was out of harness and she knew she wasn't working, it was a very different story. (laughs) She, um, once when my granddad took her for a walk and he was standing in a field and he let her off lead for a run, she just ran off and she left him in the middle of the field. (laughs) And she came back a good few hours later, like this. (laughs) She was, she knew she was in trouble. But because my granddad was well known in the area, somebody saw him and took him home, fortunately. She stole sausages from my mum's bag when she went to visit. Um, On one occasion when my mum was going to make a stew, the doorbell rang, and when she came back, there was one cube of beef left on the plate. (laughs) Now, I don't know if she thought if she left one cube, my mum wouldn't notice or something. I don't know. And she even once stole half a cheese sandwich off my granddad's plate. (laughs) Now... You know, maybe she thought that we wouldn't mind sharing our food with her because she used to share her food with me all the time and I loved Win a lot when I was younger. So, you know, but then I did have quite glossy hair and it was in good condition, so maybe that was that, I don't know. But my granddad didn't send her back because she was part of our family and and we really loved her. Um, Being... Part of a family and being son or a daughter means that we also get brothers and sisters, doesn't it? And there's another, this is the last picture that's going to come up now. It's probably not the best, but you can see my long glossy hair there They're due to the win a lot. So I don't have brothers and sisters, um, but this is the closest I've got to a sister. This is my Aunt Donna. She's four years older than me. Um, and in January, I was 50, and she put a lovely post on Facebook which said um, how proud she was of me. And she's really sorry when I was younger that she pulled my hair and was so mean to me. My response was, don't worry, you're still the only person I've ever punched. (laughs) You see, I wasn't quite so innocent. I was obviously a bit daft because they told me that um, Tortoise, when it died, had run away, and I believed them, but they're Now, Donna had a delicate stomach, and... There is nothing that gave me greater pleasure than getting the butter knife, putting some butter on it and putting it near my mouth. And as I would pretend to lick it, she'd start heaving and have to run out and leave the room. And even just a couple of years ago, I don't know what came over me, but we were having dinner. And as she put the fork in my mouth, I just said, I licked that. Because years ago, that would have you know she would have gone mad about germs and you know I would say I was quite a nice person but with her there is something that plays out sometimes like a mischievous side that it's just funny to to wind her up a bit and um, unfortunately since she'd had children she doesn't mind anymore so it was a waste of time but and I'm sure if you have brothers and sisters um, or cousins that you're close to or even neighbours that you know you spent a lot of time with you will have your own stories of how you are um, with your brothers and sisters, and maybe you act slightly differently than you do with other people. Now, in church, we don't tend to that obviously wind each other up, do we? But sometimes we have niggles. 
And sometimes, even though we don't mean to, we can hurt each other. And being part of a church family can be hard. Because when we come to Christ, we don't get a personality transplant, do we? And we have our own sensitivities and we have our own hurts. And sometimes those can play out. Life can be tough, can it? It really can. And as we are going through difficult times, we have coping mechanisms and and behaviours of... um, or patterns of behaviour. And this is very normal, and it's a great human trait, and it serves us really well when we're going through tricky times, because it enables us to get through those tricky times. But sometimes, those behaviour patterns and those coping mechanisms then become part of our personality, and they can sometimes cause us trouble later on. And this is where Holy Spirit comes in. Because Holy Spirit really helps us with this. He is gentle and he understands and knows your story. God says, be still and know that I am God. If we allow ourselves to be embraced by God and relax in God's arms. If you think about a child who's just totally relaxed on their parent, and just having that trust in them and being embraced by them. If we stop striving and sit with him and maybe just breathe. He can help us not only accept, know that we are accepted by him, but be able to accept ourselves and also maybe each other. Holy Spirit enables us to communicate with God. He is our advocate, our comforter, our counsellor, our helper. He gives us power and wisdom. He leads us into truth and teaches us to recognise God's voice. He brings with him fruits. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now we can be a child of God and still live with an orphan heart. But God can exchange that orphan heart for the heart of an adopted child. An orphan heart knows abandonment, loneliness, alienation and isolation. But the heart of an adopted child knows love, acceptance and family. And as we experience God's love, grace and compassion, he leads us, or this leads us to an intimacy with him. Intimacy, to know God deeply and be known to disclose and reveal, to be caringly involved with one another. The change of language between the Old and the New Testament is important because it reveals to us a change from God out there to God in here. No longer having to go through rituals in order to be close to God. 
The Bible tells us that if we ask Jesus into our lives, if we accept the gift of forgiveness that he offers and acknowledge him as the son of God, Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And we don't miraculously go from being imperfect to perfect. But our spirit becomes alive and then the healing begins. We have access to an intimate, close relationship with God as Father, Jesus as Brother and Holy Spirit as Comforter and Counselor. Now, I don't know about you, but my everyday experience is not always that, although that's available to me. But this morning, we have an opportunity to respond to what God is saying to you individually, whether here or listening online. Because he's here for you. He sees you. He hears you. He knows you. You are of great value to him. And he longs for a closeness with you. He accepts you as you are and he comes to you where you are. And if you allow him, he will gently lead you and guide you into a better place. He wants you to experience the benefits of having him as a father. And he wants you to live as an heir and not a slave. To finish, I will read Romans 8.14 and then we're going to listen to a song by Lauren Daigle called You Say. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you can live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Now, there were many songs that I could have played after this and to be honest I kept changing my mind and I struggled to choose and if you're someone who listens to YouTube I would encourage you if this subject has touched you to maybe just sit and listen to some songs like Good Good Father or Reckless Love or there's two other Lauren Daigle songs one called Rescue and one called Love Like This But the reason I chose this song is because this is the one that God has really placed on my heart. So I believe that it's for somebody. And as you listen to the words, if there is a response that you would like to make and you would like prayer, that will be available. But also I'd encourage you to come to the encounter meetings that we have on um, the last Sunday of the month because... For those meetings, that is when you have time to soak and to really receive ministry if you would like it. So listen to what God says about you.